0: In this episode of Upward Calling, we talk about believing in Jesus. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with the University Church of Christ Evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Saturday. How you doing, Josh?
1: Kenny, I'm doing well. I went out for a bike ride this morning and the wind almost blew me off the bicycle, but uh, that did not happen, fortunately. So I'm glad (laughs) to be here recording with you. Well, good.
0: I'm glad you survived your bike ride.
1: Well, I don't know what this storm is, but it's almost, you know, like tropical storm level, but we don't have a tropical storm.
0: We're recording this on a Thursday. Last night was a pretty stormy night in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was woken up a couple of times with tornado somethings. No tornadoes sighted, but it was one of those. The, the favor the, it is favorable conditions for a tornado. It was a nice thunderstorm night in Tampa. Um, this time, you basically started talking about. Well, in in one way, you're, you're talking about apologetics. Sure, you decided in in this this discussion of apologetics to to focus on Jesus, which I thought was a, a smart thing to do. However, Jesus was not the only one to claim divinity and was not the only one to, to claim divine wisdom. Likewise, most religions advocate a lot of the same values. Does making a decision about Jesus truly make any difference?
1: It, it does. And uh, you know, to get back to your you know apologetics thing, uh, um, yeah. you know, you're you're teaching Luke right now, and Lord willing, come come December. I'm gonna pick up Acts in the uh, the auditorium class at university, and that's that's what okay. Acts is. It is a it is a letter meant to be an apologetic, uh, and there's even some you know thought that not only wasn't an apologetic as as Luke is writing to Theophilus. Mm-hmm. But it's an apologetic in defense of Paul, and you know the kind of the trials that he was undergoing, you know that the at the end of of Acts. So the need for apologetics has always been there, and and the value of apologetics is it lets us know, okay, we our faith is not blind in the sense that we sometimes think of it, and, right. and I think when we when we talk about faith being blind, if we're not careful, there we're we're making an argument for. Uh, the opposition, the uh, the opposition would say, "Oh, you believe in something, but you have no proof." No, 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 no. That's not what faith is. I believe in things, yes, that I've not seen, but there's reason for that. There is, there's a ground to stand on. Right. And the difference between Jesus and other major religious figures. Now, certainly, there have been others through history who have claimed to be divine. You know, in Mm -hmm. the time of uh, the the Gospels being written, there was an emperor in Rome who would claim divinity. Right. But those religions, you know, they did not last very long. The the major religions, however, that have lasted uh, to this day— Christianity is pretty unique from the standpoint of the founder claimed to be divine. Now, you can make an argument, well, Buddha you know, made a claim to that, but Buddha would also say all of us are, are divine and the whole world is divine, depending on how you look at it. Muhammad certainly did not make that claim. He he claimed to be the prophet of the of the divine God. Confucius did not make that claim. Jesus, however, did. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot written over the years. You know, I think C.S. Lewis coined the the phrase "Lord liar or lunatic" right. uh, when Jesus comes on the scene, and he uh, makes the argument to say, "I am God." I am God in the flesh. Okay. Right. You have to de- make a determination about that. You cannot simply say he's a good moral teacher if he's making that claim. Right. He is either deluded, and so he's a lunatic, or he knows it and he's lying about it, or he is who he claimed to be. So it certainly makes a difference because, again, Jesus is the only one making that real claim.
0: Yeah, that's right, and really, we use the word apologetics. You and I know what that means, but what what does the word mean? Apologetics,
1: defense. You're making a a defense of your faith, a defense of of your belief and your actions that are that are that stem from that belief.
0: That's right. Now, as a lot of people will point out, all the Roman emperors claimed to be a god. Uh, all the Egyptian pharaohs claim to be gods as well, um, but I don't know anybody who's advocating for for the god Caesar anymore. Um, and most of those claims have kind of fallen by the wayside. Uh, the The godship of Jesus has not fallen by the wayside. It is still one of those things that is hotly contested. So that is also a, a difference. Yes, there were people who there have been people who have claimed deity for a long time. But most people are not still defending the deity of the Pharaohs. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see why I say that?
1: I do. And that, I think, is in itself one of the main defenses to be made of Christianity to today, that it is a religion that was based from the beginning upon what was claimed to be a fact of Jesus, who died as a Roman criminal— rose from the dead and is exalted on high as the very son of God. Right. Well, again, you go to the book of Acts and it's all a defense of that. Here is the proof for this. And if this happened, then he is who he claimed to be. Mm -hmm. And Christianity took hold in a culture and an environment where that was not going to be readily accepted. But it was accepted and it, it spread through the world and has, you know, continued until this day. So uh, I think, in, in my mind anyway, that is one of the great proofs of Christianity and why we should believe it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, One of the things that, that is often brought out about a Christianity, though, is that we often learn important things from other religions. I mean, let's face it, I don't know any religion that says lying is a great idea. Uh, and, and many of the virtues that we have in Christianity are really virtues that are stolen from other religions, Josh. Uh, Is it wrong to learn from other religions? Is it wrong to learn from, uh, from the peace of the Buddhists or from the zeal of the Muslims? Can we identify virtues in other religions?
1: I think you absolutely can. Uh, I don't think I would characterize it as as virtues are are stolen. I think what you have is you have all religions that are pulling from the same well. Now, don't misunderstand that. That does not mean they're all leading to the same place because Christianity has an exclusivity to it and a claim to that in John 14 and verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I think you've got a picture of this even in New Testament times. Uh, and of course, when Paul goes to Athens and he sees all the uh, the altars there, all the shrines to the various deities, and he comments on, you know, the, the shrine to the unknown God and how uh, he wanted to proclaim the unknown God to them. Uh, and so Paul says in Acts 17 and verse, uh, start in verse 22, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. I passed along and observed the objects of your worship. I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Mm -hmm. What therefore you worship is unknown. This I proclaim to you. And he goes on to talk about how, you know, the true God is not in need of anything. He does not need to be served by human hands. Rather, he gives life to all mankind. And then he says in verse 26, He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined a lot of periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. It is actually not far from each one of us. Mm-hmm. I think what you find in all these religious systems, and I don't, I don't think they're, they're correct, but there is a, a groping toward what is true and what is eternal. Mm-hmm. And so men have tried to grapple with that. Uh, so, you know, C.S. Lewis would talk about the law of ought. Everybody, even, even atheists would would say that there is a behavior that man ought to subscribe to. Well, various religions have, have taken that and tried to, you know, explore that and and find out what does this mean as far as God and our relationship to God. Mm -hmm. So what we have to then judge is, okay, is Christianity just another religion or, is it declaring and, and portraying uh, all this in a way that is superior? Right, and I think the fact that God in the flesh in Jesus makes it superior because now you have the the pattern to live after this. This is who you're you're emulating. Uh, it's not a God you just speak about. It's a God who lived here and showed you how to be like He wants you to be.
0: Right. You you use the phrase that that. All these other religions and, and really all these other philosophies are draw, drawing from the same well. And it, every every 30 years or so, Stoicism seems to to pop up again. And I, I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm a fan of Stoicism. I think Sto- the, the idea of Stoic philosophy is basically shouldering responsibility. But that you can absolutely find a lot of parts of Stoicism in Christianity, um, basically where, where Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. Um, basically, suffer as somebody who is who is a a servant of God. Uh, those are stoic, philesi- stoic tenets that I think were <laughs> were stolen from God because God basically make this makes the stuff that works. Do you see what I'm saying? Sure,
1: sure. I mean, if, if God set up the world and mankind, and you know, this is how we're to run, how we're to operate. Well. As we as we search for God, we're not always going to be wrong. We're going to we're going to come across principles that are apt, actually true, even if our our central belief system may not be uh, accurate. Uh, and you know the fact that, uh, in fact, you, you may very may very well be aware, you know, the early church fathers um, Augustine and others, they were. Big fans of various Greek philosophers, because they thought that in in ways God had revealed the gospel in Greek philosophy even before Jesus came i don 't necessarily <laughs> subscribe to that idea, but there's a reason why uh, some of these early church fathers spent a lot of time uh reading uh you know the, the various you know, plato uh, Socrates and other uh, Aristotle in particular, I think was the one that they gravitated toward the most,
0: uh, yeah. Aristotle just ends up showing up all kinds of different places. Um, You really centered the the question of the sermon on Jesus and not on Christianity. Uh, Why? I I mean, really, when, when we talk about Christianity, Christianity is Christians. And doesn't God tell us to focus on each other? And you tell us to focus on Jesus instead,
1: so I'm going to deal with that question in, in two parts. Um, the okay. first, why focus on Jesus and not Christianity? I think you'll wholeheartedly agree with me. A lot of bad things have been done in the name of Christianity. Yeah. Um, and even even today, uh, bad things continue to be done in the name of Christianity. You know, If you ask the average person in America, what is their impression of Christianity? They would say it's a political force. They say it's, it's a right-wing political force. That's not right. That that's not what Christianity is supposed to be. And so I think we need to make sure that when we're telling people about our faith, we're telling people about Jesus. And true Christianity is focused on him and, and is derived from him. I made the point, you know, don't even don't even focus on this church. The church should reflect his glory. Does it always do that perfectly? No. And that's why the focus shouldn't be on the church. It should be on Jesus. The second part of that, aren't we supposed to focus on each other? Well, absolutely. But how do we know how to truly focus on each other? Well, go back and read John 13. And here's Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. And then Jesus is saying, As I've served you, now serve each other. And he'll go on in a lengthy discourse from there to talk about how we're to love each other as he loved us. And then, of course, goes on to give the ultimate example of love in sacrificing himself on the cross. Mm -hmm. So our focus on each other is honed and and it is educated by how did Jesus focus on us? Mm -hmm. And now we as disciples of Jesus practicing true Christianity – we will focus on each other in doing the things that Jesus did for us.
0: Right. Right. So really what you're, what you're telling us to do is go back to the standard. Um, I know, and you do too, a lot of people who are basically uninterested in Christianity, Christianity but interested in being spiritual. What's the difference between those two things?
1: Oh, that that's a good question and I, and it's not one I I've, I've delved into a lot um spiritual I guess I I kind of more or less equate spiritual with with moral uh you know there and and, and that you have a moral code because you do believe there's something else. There's a, there's a spirituality there. There's an existence that goes beyond this one. Mm -hmm. The difference though, of course, is, you know, Christianity defines what that is. Yeah. And, and it defines what morality is. Uh, Otherwise, everything's become subjective and, you know, you can be spiritual and yet, how do you know this is, is the way to live or, or not? And why should anybody else bother to to practice the same kind of spirituality that you do? I don't think that's a very good answer to your question.
0: No, actually, I think that's a very good answer. I, I think one of the things that I remember from basically the 90s and the early 2000s was Oprah Winfrey talking about what her God would approve of and what her her God would disapprove of and my God would not do such and so. And really what it became a... a, a a talking point for, or really a proxy for is I don't approve of that. And therefore my God, which by the way, looks a lot like me would not approve of that. And so I am not, I, I, I understand organized religion, but I don't buy into organized religion, but I instead buy into my conception of my God. I, I understand that most people want this idea that they are spiritual, but as you say, the person who gets to define what it means to be a moral spiritual being isn't you. It's God. And we only do ourselves a world of hurt when we try to make God into our image. Absolutely. And, and don't try to conform to his image. Amen. Uh, Yeah. And, and I do worry because the, the, the beginning the beginning question that's kind of sparked this entire sermon was about someone who was trying to answer questions about why is Christianity that Christianity that big a deal? Aren't all Christ, aren't all spiritual messages basically the same? No, they're not you see what I'm saying there Josh
1: absolutely and, and uh, the one of the early points from the lessons what you believe is always going to be equated into what you do and that 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 means everything
0: yeah I agree all right do you know what you're going to be talking about next time Josh
1: I am I'm gonna do a lesson from Luke seventeen uh not to not to tread on your your territory <laughs> that's fine but look at it from the standpoint of when we have, you know, uh, I guess the phrase might be crucial conversations. I know there's even a book <laughs> titled that. There is. But we have these hard discussions, you know, maybe maybe someone has wronged us or harmed us in some way, and we want to make that right, approach them. How do you do that? That's that's one of the <laughs> most difficult things anybody can, can do. How do you, when you've been wounded, when you've been hurt, how do you have a discussion with somebody that there's going to be some resolution at the end? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is going to be a, a lesson really focused on personal relationships and how we can do these things in constructive ways. And so anybody who wants a head start, um, read about the first six verses of Luke 17.
0: There you go. Th- this isn't telling us anything about your marriage, is it, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> are you talking
1: about we are we are in perfect bliss all the time
0: (laughs) there you go well good for you well i tell you what i look forward to uh talking about that next time thank you kenny thanks for listening if you'd like to get to know us more you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the university church of christ in tampa florida the sermon we referenced in this episode is in the show notes we have all our information at universitychurchofchrist.org until next time god bless you in your walk with god